You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're looking at two more episodes of Neo Ultra Q, episodes five and six. The town that doesn't speak and the extremely smelly island. <laughs> Let's start. Um, we'll do these separately today because there is no um, no through theme on these. So, yep. Let's start with the town that doesn't speak. Episode synopsis. A story told, I might add, in no particular order. <laughs> 50 years ago, a science, Dr. Tadakoro, created epignoids. Artificial life forms that know exactly what you're thinking and want. Naturally, he sold them into slave labor for rich people. They left their servitude and returned to find the doctor. No one has seen them since. Today, Emmy is doing a story on epignoids. The editor loves it, but it would be even better if she knew where they were. Simultaneously, Dr. Tadakoro's son... Also, Dr. Tadakoro visits Jin. He knows where the epignoids live, and he wants Jin to go ask if they'd be willing to let him experiment on them. They have 50-year batteries that are about to run out. <laughs> Much like when you trick your dog into thinking you're going to the park when you're really taking them to the vet, Shohei <laughs> is happy to be invited <laughs> along with Rin and Emmy for a vacation. Going for a ride? We're going for a ride. <laughs> In fact, they're going to the town of Epignoids. When he finds out, he feels betrayed. I don't know why. Dr. Tadakoro Sr. tortured the Epignoids by making them try to fall in love. Jin posits, You can't fall in love if there's no mystery to discover about the other person. So the whole process was awful to them. They just want to be more like regular people, and so... They let their batteries expire. The end. I, I suspect there's some details in there somewhere that I may have passed by, but... Uh, yeah, a yeah. couple. A, a couple, couple. But they're easy to miss. Were they important, though? Um... <laughs> um... Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe because the, the uh, epignoids wanted to... Uh, fall in love? The, yeah, they, they wanted to to follow the, the wishes of their creator, who I think, yeah, they definitely hold in high esteem. And they didn't kill him. No, they didn't kill him. He, he just passed away <laughs> which, for some reason. Which apparently was some sort of subtext in this story that just came out of the blue. Yeah. And that, that was... I, went nowhere. surprised me there, yeah. But when, you know, and I, as soon as, um, I think Jin brought it up, you know, and, and asked, uh, you know, did you kill your maker? Uh, and that was, you know, pardon the pun, put to rest when you saw the headstone that had the Latin inscription, Vos Estis Lux Monday, which is, you are the light of the world. So it's <laughs> like, okay, that, I don't think you'd put that on somebody you hated on their headstone. Yeah. Um, they were just trying to 
fulfill their programming, but they couldn't, I guess. I, I guess the, the, the thing I left out is that, except it's not true, but we'll try it anyway. They don't sure. speak. Right. Uh, oh, another uh, small uh, note. Uh, they they appear, to be, appear to be telepathic. So, yeah, they don't need to speak. Now, and all the epignoids know everything there is about each other, so they really have nothing to talk about. Yes, they just instinctively know what you want. So, for example, Ipe, Ipe, uh, Ipe Shohei, yeah. Shohei. Uh, Shohei uh, ordered food at their restaurant. He ordered an omelet rice. And then after the waiter left, who was an epic noid, uh, although he didn't know that because Shohei's an idiot. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention during the mission, mission briefing. No, apparently not. And uh, he's like, oh, oh, darn, oh, darn, oh, darn. No, I no. wanted curry katsu, which I'm with him. I want the curry katsu. Yeah. Um, omelet rice is okay. Curry katsu, always better. Oh, yeah, I agree uh, there. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm so disappointed. And then the waiter comes out with uh, curry katsu. Uh-huh. He's like, wow. And then also his neck was bothering him. And then the cute, uh, the cute epignoid uh, Mary came along to give him a back rub and some champagne and, I don't know, snacks. Yeah. So, which he, he seemed quite taken with. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, they bought this town. Although town is kind of a stretch. A tiny village. Yeah, I think okay. those are kind of common in the rural areas of Japan. And they bought it because it was Dr. Tadagoro's place. And they just wanted to live their lives away from other people because everyone's got a negative side. And, you know, that must be a pain to have to deal with all the time. So, <laughs> but my actual question for you. Yeah. is, are they actually telepathic? Because they make a great deal out of this communication is 7% verbal, 38% tone, mm-hmm. and 55% body language. Right. And it's like, why are you introducing that concept <laughs> into this discussion and, you know, how, how did he make them telepathic in the first place? And I, I'm kind of wondering if they're just supposed to be so good at reading people, what's there to be read. Yeah. Um, it's I don't possible. Know. When I was watching it, I was kind of thinking that the, the 735-55 pertained to the epignoids, mm-hmm. that, that they didn't need to speak because you could figure out what they meant by the way they looked and whatnot. But it, yeah, it does make more sense though if if, if you're talking about the humans. Yeah, um, and, and I, I've heard those numbers kicked around before. I, I'd like to talk about them, but I've heard those numbers kicked around by people going, oh, you know, communication has been found to be 7% verbal, 38% total, 55, 50, uh, yeah, 55% body language. I'd never heard that Asian? before, actually. I have heard it before. I'm not convinced. I didn't look it up, but I am not convinced that that. And here's why. First off, if you and, and, if you add that up, it is 100. percent Well, good, good. Yep, yep. Um, and if you add verbal and tone up, that's 45. percent So oral data, data that you get through your ears, is only 45. percent 
and I can, I can take that. You know, I mean, you can say, yeah, there's a lot to be said about. There's a big difference between that's wonderful and that's wonderful. (laughs) You know, Tony is exactly a lot, Mm -hmm. but or is it a lot? That's right. (laughs) What's that in the road ahead? (laughs) Yeah, but uh, thank you, Benny Hill, and. Betty Hill gets a name check on the podcast. Well, that's a first. Very, very. And, uh, and what's this thing called? Love? That's the other one. Um, <laughs> but um, that would mean that you are getting more than half your information from body language. And really? I mean, would would podcasts work? Would audio recordings work? I, I mean, if you're... Do you, do you really feel like when you're listening to somebody talk on the radio that you're having to work extra hard to understand what they're saying because you're not seeing them flounce around in the chair? Well, it it, it depends. It depends on what you are listening for. Say, if you were to be say negotiating for something, a raise or mm-hmm. you know to, to buy product X, hearing somebody over the phone. Purchase an epignoid. I mean, exactly. For example, yeah. <laughs> your your strategies might be different than if you were sitting across from it at a table, because you'd be able to see various things, like you know, when, when they mention their uh, the deal they're trying to make you know, or give you on this, if they are looking stressed or they're sweating or they're clenching their hands or something like that, you know, those could be considered tells. That I, they I, are I, not mm. telling the truth. Okay, um, stuff that you wouldn't would be difficult to pick up if you just had audio only. I'm not saying that you couldn't, that you can't get a significant amount of communication, and perhaps because you can communicate exclusively through body language. Oh yes, right? certainly it can yeah. be done. I mean, but the normal balance, I don't think that's that's right, and. I can get why if you're in a car dealership and the car guy wants to be across the table from you because he wants to watch how you're right. He wants to read you. He yeah. is trying to read more data, and 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 is he right? Yes, maybe. Certainly, there's some validity to it. You and I both know that when we worked with cops, they used to swear by the fact that they could tell when somebody was lying by when they touched their nose, which is BS. And unfortunately, a lot of police work is BS that's based on, you know, there's a lot of things in law enforcement that get by that are right, yeah, nonsense that's just like old wives' tales that they believe. Polygraph tests, yep, for exactly. example. Yep. The fact that fingerprints are completely unique or absolutely identifiable. Actually not scientifically true. <laughs> yeah. So close. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you had perfect prints. Oh, certainly. They, oh, certainly, yeah. Yeah, that's... But that's rarely the case in yeah, a crime but, scene. In, in people's people's understanding of the, the, the process that goes behind identifying unique fingerprints at a crime scene is... It's a guy holding it up on the screen and, and like, holding his thumb up to it and tongue out to the side what? like an artist going... Not, not yeah, quite like that. Same. No, no. It, it's a lot more data and a lot more um, uh, boring work than you would possibly imagine. But yeah, 
it's 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 not as clear cut as one would would think. Yeah, and you know that there there is no. They have not proven. How about this? They have not, and this is hard to prove a negative, but they have they have not proven that fingerprints are unique. Well, because they haven't looked at everybody's fingerprints. Everybody meaning everybody in the world. Yeah, right. Not even a huge portion of the people in the world, and not in a computerized way, so that we aren't looking at the fingerprints of people who committed crimes 70, 50, 70 years ago and comparing them too. I mean, they're it's a it's an ever shifting uh, process, and there is no good way for them to compare them and and do that match. It's just it is a but anyway, neither here nor there. We have deviated somehow from the topic at hand, eh. which is whether or not this whole episode is makes any sense whatsoever. I'm thinking the answer is no, but uh... <laughs> so I guess the question is: Do they have ESP or not? Yes, or are they just really, really in tune? Well, um, seeing the way that the doctor tried to get the the two epignoids to fall in love with each other. A good system. All right, and then hand I, flowers. Right, tie them together. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a feeling that, <laughs> you know, if the uh, ESP or cold reading... It wouldn't have mattered. He would have just gone with the whole ESP, obviously, because there's no other way this could be happening. Because uh, I, I don't think his research abilities were that keen. I think he say, could have actually come up with another method. Considering his techniques for trying to get two creatures to fall in love. Yeah. Uh, as you say, involved make giving flowers to one and say, give it to the other one. Right. Here, kiss her. Okay. I'm going to tie you in a chair together. All right. I don't, what I, the biggest mystery in this episode is how the heck yeah. did Dr. Totokoro have a Dr. <laughs> Totokoro Jr.? <laughs> well, that too. That too. Now that's the mystery we need to solve. And have him, and have his son look like Dr. Totokoro. He did look rather, uh, ra- was it the same actor? I, that I don't know. I, I didn't They were look very similar. Credits. I mean, it was good casting if it was. Yeah. I thought they were different, but because I kind of thought they had slightly different build. But oh well, you know, could be. Could be my point was it might not have been uh, Doctor Tanakora who actually uh, bothered to have a child. Oh, but anyways, good yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so in the end, they, I guess, I guess that's the ending. They decided to let their batteries run out. Yeah, Is that so they all how just... you interpret it. Stopped in place, yeah. They well, more than that, the the Mary and Jerry or whatever his name was, Hashio. Um, yeah, Hashio. Yeah, they were actually sitting on a bench exchanging flowers. Right, right. So they must have posed that way. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, I'm running out. Quick, get the flowers. All right, fiddle up. All right, Do- this will make Doctor Todakoro happy. Mm-hmm. We're in love forever. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Although I have to say, so the scene, ignoring this, I loved the scene where he gives the guy, he gives the male epignoid the flowers, and basically <laughs> he instructs her to give them to the girl. He tries to give them to the girl. She looks at it, go, walks, turns around and walks away. Yep, not a camera. Comes back with a vase, 
they put the flowers in the vase and they give them to Dr. Tadakoro. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> well, that's what we do with flowers. Um, yep, exactly. Which just shows they were not reading Dr. Tadakoro at that moment. True, true, true. So, uh, hey. yeah. I wanted them to to, to love me. There's a thing, I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. There is a scene in this episode where suddenly there is this character I don't recognize sitting at the house, relaxing, and that's when Mary comes along and starts to massage his back. And eventually I figure out that's so A. Yeah. Without his hat on. <laughs> he has had his hat on... The whole time, I'm pretty sure, that we've seen him. Hmm. And he looks a lot older with that hat on. Because I think that was the the main thing that was throwing me, is that he looked a lot younger in that situation. Like, who is this guy? Where does he come from? (laughs) What is happening here? Who knows? Maybe this is the first episode shot. Could be, but then he had his hat on later and he looked normal. Looked normal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He didn't didn't, look out of place. It's just... I don't know. Maybe it's because we can't see how much hair he has or how it's combed or something. Yeah, that could but, be it. Yeah. And I was just kind of, hey, uh, that's so hey without a hat. Fair <laughs> enough. I seriously do not have a lot on this episode. I this who works on these way fifty years ago. I create a new race. Let's sell them to rich people. Yeah, and ends up getting a couple dozen of them, and that's it. Yeah, it's very, um, very strange. It's a very strange mm-hmm. idea. So let's ask this one last question. All right, there is a scene where I love the fact that there's there is a scene switching gear slightly there, uh, where they ask a question and Jin says, "Well, as a what was he a clinical neurologist? Yes, is that what he said he was. Yes, uh, I think that this is what's going on here." And I thought, hey. This is actually a good lesson people should learn. Dr. Tadakoro is obviously, I don't know what kind of a scientist he is, but he's not a clinical neurologist. He's not an expert in what makes people's brains tick, apparently. Right. And so he's got some stupid ideas of people falling in love, and you go to the proper expert, and he can immediately debunk that. So what we learn from this is when you want, if you want climate data and knowledge go right. to a climate scientist not a republican politician it's that's what i took out of this episode okay yeah that, that's or, that's or indeed takeaway. or indeed a um uh, uh what is that idiot uh rand paul ophthalmologist the, is he ophthalmologist yeah is or it or not, yeah, not an one of the two. Top, top, yeah but what's lower on the lower on the pecking scale Probably an optometrist. Like an optometrist, I believe. Yeah. That's just a guy that knows how to push the little levers off to the side and go, is this clear or is that clear? Yeah. So, no, what I was going to say is there is a scene where, and they tell the story out of order, so it's jarring, but there's a scene there where they talk a little bit about the sun. Why aren't you going to ask them if you can experiment on them? And is it because you think they kill something? I... I can't figure out what it is. And it's like, it's almost like he speaks in a double negative in the translation. And there's, there's the implication that he, he hates them because they might've killed his father, but I couldn't figure out what was going on there because it's completely dismissed. Yeah. 
like no I, you think i want to you think i wanted to work on them because they killed my father or something is yeah, same by my whole just... career is for revenge yeah exactly exactly and it was in some reference to the uh him going to um Jin's counselage place no uh his was it doctor or professor oh, dr uh, yashima yashima dr. yeah, yeah. uh and, and getting a reference to him then that's why he showed up at Jin's place yeah it, it's i don't know let's let's talk about the extremely smelly yes. island right yes let's finally finally monsters giant monsters yep Okay, Yoki Ueda has washed up on the shore of a small island, and things are looking bad for her. She can't even start a fire with a lighter. Something very smelly leaves her a bundle of appropriate firewood and later brings her food. Her unseen benefactor reveals himself. He's an eight-meter-tall monster that smells really badly but he has a heart of gold and nasal secretions that heal wounds. We learn his name is Sedegam. They form a strange friendship, but when she is rescued, he is nowhere to be seen. Days later, as the smell is beginning to wear off her old clothes, Uida realizes she really digs that smell. Mm-hmm. She returns to the island to collect some more of Sedigan's, uh, essence and turns it into a hit perfume called Sedicane. It's a smash hit, but she can only bring back so much kaiju snot per trip. <laughs> she tries to buy the island. Just then, satellite photos reveal the creature to the government, so they send troops to kill it. Despite her pleas, Sedigan is killed. All is not lost, though as Weda starts to metamorphose into a similar creature. The end. Uh, Sal, what do you think of this episode? I have less notes on this than the last episode. I do, I do too. Let's see. Yeah, at first I thought it was a classic uh, troll, you know, with the yeah, huge nose did, and, and huge whatnot. Nose, yeah, it did look a bit like that. It's like, oh no, it's, it's, it is a Japanese kaiju. That's kind of cool. Uh, I was impressed with the forced perspective on a couple of the shots. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, I, I think that was only in like, maybe one of them, and then all the rest <laughs> were uh, uh, CG. Well, not CG, but they were composited. And... Composited, yeah. 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 Nobody does forced perspective giants like the Japanese. True, true. You know? As soon as his uh, excretions were discovered to be to have remarkable medicinal use, I thought, well, that's going to be ignored. And I was right. You were right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We'll make perfume out of it. Who cares if it exactly. can instantly so basically heal a this wound? Is, this is just an inanimate pile of ambergris. Yeah. And and she decided to go back and get more and start a what looked to be a fairly successful small perfume company that, uh, yeah, that everybody was digging on. Yeah. 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 And as long as she was... You know, more than willing to exploit the the monster on the island, it would have been fine, except for those pesky satellite pictures that the military saw of of this uh, newly discovered creature attempting to escape his island confines. Yeah, and we don't want that. Nope. Can't so they rolled that. in the tanks and a bunch of troops and blew the hell out of him. How? How did they roll in those tanks? 
Uh, they airdropped them from colliders. <laughs> ah, did you notice there was no? They they started to back away, but there was nowhere for them to go. At oh yeah, the end. So why they had like six tanks on a small bit of of uh, beach is beyond me. Surrounded by hills. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. They would have had to take those back onto amphibious craft of some kind to right. Exactly. Take them out, and none were in evidence. <laughs> well, those are probably all uh, uh, parked away, f- you know, out at sea, in case a kaiju had some sort of like a death beam that destroyed everything in sight. Still lose missiles. everything completely. <laughs> right. Exactly. The poisonous gas would incapacitate everybody, cause massive corrosion to the metal. Yeah, because he did smell. Really, yes, he really smelled. Yes. Um, I, I, yeah, this is a. And do, do you think that? Do you think that her turning into a large-nosed creature, like Sedicane? Uh, yeah, Sedicane. Sedicane. Yeah, the perfume is Sedicane. Right. Do you think that is a result of her coming in direct contact with the mucus to? fix her wound or do you think it's the uh the the prolonged exposure to it and if that was the case then if somebody had a number of bottles of that would they also start to produce it yeah, or everyone started is to it turn a curse in, yeah. because she's so so uh short-sighted and 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 exploitive and greedy that uh you know this is her uh you know that this is the bed that she'd made and she's gonna have to lie in it yeah i mean she did seem genuinely uh fond of the creature well yeah only after you know she was getting everything she wanted pretty much i guess but no 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 yeah, when they were not, when they were on the island scared. she they were formed a they formed a friendship although the, i do have a note here and this is one of those stereotype things um japanese girlfriends can be real rotten <laughs> i forgot okay. what the what the line was uh when they were sitting on the beach Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, what's your name? And he's like, and she oh. tries to spell it out. And then he, he goes, "It." then she tells him Yoki. her name. And and he's saying it over. And it's finally, you know, she's like, all right, you're annoying me now. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, that's the, that's the stereotype. Stereotype, yeah. <laughs> that's the one, the, and- I, just about me, and I don't care now. You're not. You're not amusing me anymore. Yeah, not interested. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I couldn't tell whether she was really awful, right? I mean, she could have gone about this a lot worse than going to visiting him and collecting his snot once in a while. And maybe if she bought the island, she'd have turned it into a prison, and you know, locked him up and and milked his nose. <laughs> Well, I, the phrase "milky's nose" yeah, new for well, the English language. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not quite sure what she her... didn't see that awful. Yeah. So that that made this a little bit. I don't know. It's just it's just a weird story. It's a weird story. And of course, the whole thing with the nose at the end. No, do I know whether it's a curse or whether it's exposure? I have no idea. Uh, I, you know. Here they're going for the Twilight Zone twist ending. Yeah, that's, there was a that's twist. That's what they but... were shooting for. Yeah. It wasn't a very good one either because when she was turned around facing the wall in the darkness and, and 
the guy goes, oh, we're going to have to have some more of this. And the uh, secret ingredient. Yeah. Yeah. And then instantly like, oh, I bet she's turning into one of those creatures. And who knows? Maybe that creature was somebody who'd been turned into it. Yeah. That was the other other idea there. Also, her reply was okie dokie. Something like that. It was. Well, that's. Weird. Interesting. Yeah, that's kind of out of character, I suppose. Yeah. So, did she say that in English? Yes. Okay. It it sounded weird. So it it you know sometimes you see it written in English and it doesn't sound like that's what they said in English. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. She did sound weird, and I do not like the fact that she turned and looked at the camera and smiled. Right. That she broke the fourth wall there in the final scene. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. And that was... And there we go. So... And uh, very little interaction with the uh, with our three heroes. I would, I would go so far as to say that the only three notes I have here, one of them is, why are the gang in this? Yeah, pretty much. So, nothing in the... Uh, nothing in the... In my synopsis, because basically what we get in the... I believe the pre-credit sequence, yeah, in the pre-credit sequence, is Emmy, Sohei, Rin, in the empty restaurant still, door, whatever the plate is, bar, coffee shop, I don't know. Yeah, whatever and that is. Emmy's got a bottle of this super perfume, and she's saying, oh, it's fantastic. I finally got a bottle. She tries a little. Um, Sohei looks like he's probably trying to hide an erection behind the... <laughs> The counter. Yeah. And and honestly, when Jin gets a whiff of it, I think he might be too. I'm not completely sure. And I think Emmy's feeling a little frisky. I, it's just possible that for them, the night ended up back in somebody's apartment together. That's <laughs> a possibility. Yeah. Kind of how that seemed to be going. Yeah, I didn't think of the, the whole uh, the possible aphrodisiac aspect of it. And that's the last we see of them. Then the story actually begins. Yep. Oh, I think there was, she said something about sad, sad love. Was that the, that was the name of it? The perfume of sad love. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's a story behind it. And then, boof, we get told the story. But is it a story of sad love? I'm not sure. It's just a, it's just a weird episode. It's just, it's, it, both of these kind of fall flat. They're, 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 they're just not, they're not getting it. <laughs> getting it. Which is really a shame. I, I'm, I'm sure they're trying very hard, but stories are. Once again, I think it, it, it could be a, uh, just that we're not as culturally as in tune as their audience would be, being that we're not Japanese. It's possible. It's possible. So, I but got still, else. entertaining. Oh, Everybody no. should watch it just for the heck of it. It's definitely something to be experienced. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Up. Much like chicken pox you or know, having a broken limb. They don't do that anymore, you know? Chicken pox, you know that. You've had kids in the last 20 oh, yeah, so yeah, years. Oh, yeah, yeah. They get shots, all that kind of stuff. Get for shots it. for it. Yeah. Lucky, Lucky. Them. Yeah. yeah. No fun. Anyways. What do we got next time? What two uh, exciting have, episodes have we got? We have from... Uh, February of 2013, The Iron Shell, and then followed by Memories Are Crossing the Planet, 
which was in March of that year. Okay. Well, I guess. <laughs> uh -huh. Those don't sound nearly as promising as the town that doesn't speak in the Extremely Smelly Island, which the Extremely Smelly Island sounds like a children's book. Oh, it does, yeah. It's a place where socks go to live out their lives in happy bliss. I could I could totally see reading that to my kids. Yeah. Uh, little, like, that with a very hungry caterpillar and the, the very extremely smack. Exactly. Yep. Well, everyone, it's a uh, it's short week. Enjoy the rest <laughs> of your day. <laughs> yep. Give me some time back in the day. Give me some time back this time. And uh, John, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash Fusion Patrol or patreon.com slash Fusion Patrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently running a special series on Babylon 5. Come join the conversation and find other content at FusionPatrol.com. And we're back on social media, where you can also follow us on Mastodon and the Fediverse. Our address is at podcast at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Next week, we'll be wondering who West can play dominoes with now as we look at the space above and beyond episode Stay with the Dead. Come join the conversation on Fusion Patrol.